Blog Talk Radio. Five, four, three, two, Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, happy game day Sunday. We have made it to week five in the NFL. We've got a couple teams coming off a bye. We've got our amazing annual episode that we absolutely love, our praises, pink slips, or he's safe episode. And we'll talk about some teams in the NFC North, which kind of fit those, kind of fit the bill for each category. And also, we have an amazing guest. We have Frank, the CEO of U Stadium, which will be joining us today. And if you don't know about U Stadium, it's a social football app for fans to chat about all things NFL. So good morning. I've got Mike and Michael on the line. What's going on, guys? Uh, yeah. Okay. So are you excited? <laughs> like, this is one of our... We have so much fun on this episode. You cannot deny that. I mean, sometimes we see eye to eye. Sometimes we don't see eye to eye. But we absolutely have a ball going through each team in the NFC North and across the NFL, kind of giving our synopsis of who we feel is doing a great job, an okay job, or who just stopped doing their job and found another J job. So I'm ready to get started. So I guess we can start with, I don't know, my favorite team, maybe? Maybe. Uh, Michael, what you think? Are you are you? I think it's a good idea. The question is, are you ready, or are, we, are you? Are, is your heart going to be broken while you talk about a few of these things? Uh no. <laughs> Not she at all. She sounds very sure of herself. I am very sure of myself. So for all, everyone that's tuned in and that's listening live, I am a diehard Vikings fan. Of course, I love the NFL and all aspects of football overall. But I do rock with the purple and gold. So since my team had a bye, we figured why not start with the Minnesota Vikings. And for me, I got to give a pink slip to Blair Walsh. I know people keep saying, hold on, he's just a kicker. But if he kicks anything else, I'm going to have to roast it for the lover. Every time he has to come on the field, I pick up a bottle of vodka I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. His consistency, on, Mike, which is you want praise. Y'all got to mix some liquors over there. Y'all got to mix some vodka, some crown like royal, dark sugar. I, I mean, that's how. Dude, have Blair washes. This is costing them in some instances games. Like for example, even when they played over a year ago in Dallas. Dude, you, you had a simple field goal. The Vikings could have went home with a win. Then we go into overtime, and then they get the loss. It's the same here. We possibly could have gone into overtime with this pass game. Even though there's a lot more to it, I think the Vikings could have definitely um, executed a couple of those plays a lot better than they did, especially at the end of the game when they stacked the box against Teddy. So, Teddy, you had to figure somebody was open if nobody down the field. So, maybe – I don't know, Adrian, which they just totally stopped defending because they stuffed him all game and 
my stuff from now because you're not going to give them the ball, right? So they completely read that. But Blair Walsh, I I don't know if you guys are with me when it comes to Blair Walsh, but um, hmm. well, I think that you well, know, I, was, I had Blair, Blair Walsh, Walsh a long time ago. No, I think that it's, it, well. He's you know he's a, he's a, supposedly you know your kicker is your second most well you know somewhere in your top five as far as you know scoring goes, and you can't count on him in the. See, he said Blair Walsh, and now he's gone. See what happens. We you know we definitely Blair Walsh. It, it, he, he let us know last season that he wasn't doing good. In the preseason, last season, he I let swear, us know the season before that. What? Okay, that I, I, I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt, but then mm. he, he he confirmed it last season. And then in preseason, there was a few fans of uh, there was a few fans of uh, Blair Walsh because they're fans of uh, the Vikings on fantasy teams. They were cutting him before the season started. Smart for them because I don't know if he's got hips, if his leg is is turned in the wrong direction, if he's if he's got a a side bet going on. How many kicks can he miss? But he just needs to go. I mean, literally, he, yeah. The Blair Walsh, the Blair yeah. Walsh thing. I think we've already spent more time on him in this pink slip battle. Then he deserves. He just needs to go. Yeah, he's he's got to go every time he steps out. Every time he steps out onto the field, is oh my god, I'm just like, no. And that's the it's ball. It's not gonna happen. It's pretty much. So it's not going through the upright, so you know. So he gets one. Right, now I have a a controversial one with. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm with, saying this one because I. I I'm not going to get you to play this one. Teddy Bridgewater, it's time for you to go. Even if we don't feel that you should get a pink slip because there's nobody else to come up and throw the ball in y'all depth chart, thinking that you have 15 minutes um, in backfield to throw the ball uh, is ludicrous. Your your internal clock must translate to three seconds to fifteen minutes. <laughs> good gosh, dude! For every every second you actually have, you think you have five minutes. Um, so five, I, ten, fifteen minutes, guys. It, it's it's like literally in that last game, they stacked eight oh, men in the box and dared you to throw the ball. They dared you to throw the ball. I mean, look, I'm a fan of a particular team where the quarterback gets sacked on a regular basis. I I wish they would stack eight men in a box on him because he would have a field day. They just dropped people in the coverage on my on my favorite quarter on my team's favorite quarterback and say, Yeah, you're gonna throw it to us. Give him eight men in a box. He will have a field day. Give most quarterbacks in the NFL eight men in a the box. They can be like, wow, I have single coverage everywhere. They dared him to throw the ball. Oh, they, they, they so he, dared him, too. They really did. And while he may end up being a great quarterback, he's not great today. 
But I know you're giving him a pink slip. I know you're giving him a pink slip. Where's Michael? Because Michael's been really quiet on this issue. And I know he's another one that's teased Teddy Bridgewater this season and isn't all that impressed. I am back, finally. I'm dealing with phone issues, unfortunately. But um, Teddy Bridgewater is one of those things where you look at him and you see, like, he is talented and you give him those attributes. But when you know, as we, as you all said, when you have eight, nine people stashed in the box, why are you going to run the ball? You have to spread them out in any way. So you might as well take the dare and make them respect you. It's not like you don't have weapons. Mike Wallace, that's all I got to say. <laughs> well, for the sake of the you last know. play, for the benefit of the doubt, or the, for the last play, which he has hit off Mike Wallace a couple times, not as much as I would like. I think he hangs in the pocket too long with that confused look on his face. And the defense is like, let's just stop this because you look like you're in pain. I'm telling you, he looks like he's just like, hey. I'm going to say hmm. he's safe, but this season, I just, you know, this season, I just feel a little, you know, yeah, that's how I feel about you, dude. Like, I, I don't, um, Yes, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, there's been a few plays. There's been a few plays also. Most of the time you look like a deer in headlights, but there's been a few times that I've been disappointed in him. In this college days, he seemed like there was nothing that could shake him, nothing that could shake him. But there's been a few times where they've run the read option with, with Teddy, and he has consistently handed the ball to Adrian Peterson Rather than taking the option to pass it downfield, he he's he's afraid to make a decision. He's afraid to take command of the huddle. He seemed in college like, yes, I'm in charge. He he was in charge from day one. He set foot on Louisville's campus. In the NFL, he it almost seems like he's intimidated by the people around him. He he was well, we in charge last see. season we gotta, we gotta, when he didn't have Adrian in the huddle with him. Well, a lot of it's going to, you know, a lot of it's going to, not to cut you off, but a lot of it's really going to depend on how he makes adjustments from here on out. I mean, yeah, he had a decent game last week. He was 27 to 41 for 269 points, you know, 69 yards and one touchdown. Oh. But that's like so – Light when you're looking at what? Drew Brees who's throwing the up, game. you know, yeah, you know, and you're looking at everybody crossing Palmer throwing up 300 yard games. I mean, Aaron uh, Rodgers on the bad throws for 200. Cam right. decided that there's nothing's gonna stop me. <laughs> you know, and, and you yeah, look at all these so, other. So, I mean, even Jay Cutler, you know, even Jay threw for tw- you know 281 yards last week. And that's and, without you know, receivers. Exactly. So you look around at him and you say, like, all right, well, he has the weapons, so what's the deal? Why, why does he sit back there so long in the pocket? You know, I mean, you got to make something I, I, happen as a quarterback. You got to get out and you got to make some things happen. You can't just sit back and there I, and sit back there and say, oh, I'll, maybe I'll throw it. And, and, and by that time, your, your receivers are covered or you're set. He's being, he's being indecisive. One of the best things about uh, – Jay Cutler, even when you compare him to Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, many times. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
Jay Cutler many times would make the wrong decision, but he made a decision. The biggest problem with Teddy Bridgewater, he's not making a decision. Like you just said, Mike, he's got the weapons and he's sitting back in the pocket taking all day. Well, the only reason you're sitting back in the pocket all day is because you haven't decided to throw the ball. Make a decision. And um, sometimes making the wrong decision will help you progress and learn. He's not making any decision. Yeah, yeah I, like I, I, I got TV. I got I got Teddy two glove issues this season because I know how great he can be. So with me, he's I'm not giving him a pink slip. He's definitely just safe. But you can't give him a pink I slip. Mean, we can. You don't have nobody else to hand the ball to. Yes, <laughs> we have a really nice backup. Sean Hill's a great backup. Name but who? It's, it's not Sean Hill. It's just not time to put him in. I just want to see Teddy, but Teddy kind of got off to a little bit of a slow start last season too. So we really need him sure, though. Yeah. I mean, you got your star back back. The mentality of the team is changing. The defense is getting it together. A lot of the bad penalties and mistakes that came out the gate with which which now, if I can switch it over to the praises and a lot of that's going to go to the defense. Okay, so we're going to go ahead. And and I I have to give it to the defense. The defense in game one. The defense was when I started bench drinking. That's when I started bench drinking. But since game one, the the last three games, the defense has honestly stepped up, and so has the O line. Because if you think about how much time Teddy Bridgewater actually even has in the pocket, the O line's holding them. They can't hold them forever, Teddy. I'm sorry that somebody's gonna get at you. And somebody's got to be open, especially the way they're stacking the box on you. But i got to give it to the defense. The secondary is starting to come alive. I mean, even though we had a slight scare last week, um, well, not the last game, the game before, with Rose, with Xavier and Sandejo kind of meeting head-to-head there. And, you know, so I'm so glad Xavier Rose is okay. The secondary, they are hustling. They are doing whatever they can to to stop those big third down breakouts. Still need to work on it, yes. But the secondary and the defense, the O line has stepped up. Adrian has looked good, even when they try to stuff. And of course, we we knew that a really good team will try to stop your star player, your star back. It's like it's film on them. They know how strong and powerful he is. So no, he's not always going to be successful in the handoff. But when he gets to break out, he breaks out for big yards, including the touchdown. So definitely another big praise that goes out to him. Mike Wallace is doing his thing as a wideout. He really is. And I like how Red Ellison has stepped up and gotten quite a few yards, at least if nothing else, keep the team marching down the field. So they're getting more praises than pink slips. I got to give it to North Turner. And the reason I'm saying that is after game one, a lot of things that I do like with North Turner as the offensive coordinator is he actually wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's, let's going on. For, let's stop and pause for a second. Let's stop and pause. Because I said okay. Cass just gave a praise to North Turner. As an OC. Right, but we still got to pause regardless. Cass gave North Turner a praise. We got to pause and enjoy OC. that moment. Never. I mean, because after game, after game no, one, do you, you, didn't, didn't even, you didn't even want to give him an OC praise after game one. So no, I did. I did. You saw the same game I saw. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> Moment of silence. Moment of silence. 
Gang one needs a moment of silence. And there we are. That's 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 <laughs> over. It's done. He's figured it out. The team figured it out. I do like they're not. They don't always work in the Vikings' favor, but more so than not, um, he will make adjustments when he sees that the defense has kind of figured something out. Norv is making those adjustments on the field. You'll see him put in um, Asiata at running back. You'll see him. <coughs> excuse me, run Jared McKinnon. You'll see him kind of switch up with Kyle Rudolph and Brett Ellison. So he is actually out, you know, really, really – got to give him praise. Definitely Coach Zimmer gets praises to me. I absolutely love that dude. I love how he thinks. I love how he handles the team. I love that he's just no nonsense. And I just – I love you, Coach Zimmer. <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> They need to communicate. They need to get another day job. They need to get another day job. Well, no, uh, Blair Walsh is another day job, another night job, another class, whatever. Because uh, uh, maybe he needs to be a kicker, kicking coach because those who can't do, teach. Because he can't do anymore. Anymore. Yes, he, he cannot. So that's enough for my lovely man. And the leg is gone. That I love. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> the leg is gone. Um, Michael so over here uh, doing the blues for him. We're going to. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get some blues music next time, I promise. So up next, we have another team that just, you don't really want to get the whole squad a pink slip. So the defense, you don't get a no, pink no, no, slip. No, 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 no. Okay. I, but, I, during but the pre-show fight, is, I'm not going to say which team it is, but I called them dysfunctional. And and Cass said they're not functional, they're not dysfunctional, they're not this, they're not that, they're just there. I had, so ladies, ladies state, and gentlemen, we 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 would like to introduce to you a team that probably on paper looks like they were going to come out and kick your butts, but unfortunately, this is pretty much all we've got from the Detroit Lions. And I guess Mike has a lot to say about the Detroit Lions. Uh. I just sneezed, and apparently I'm allergic to the way the Lions have been playing. Um, I, I I would like to figure out if they know this this position called running back is. Um, I would like to introduce. Wait a minute. Let's let's start with the praises. 
Because it's only one praise they got. One. And that's Matt Stafford. Now, we need to introduce Matt Stafford to everybody else on the field. Because Matt Stafford is out there and he's trying. He, he's out there and he's trying. He's throwing the ball where it's supposed to go. I didn't want to give him a pink slip, but other people on the team uh, want to give him a pink slip. He's losing his death chart position. Calvin Johnson, don't be afraid of the ball because you're about to lose your nickname, Megatron. Just gonna lose. Oh, that is my that's my pink slip right there, and I know that tons of people are going to hate me for it. But I'm not giving Megatron a pink slip. It has nothing to do with how great he's been as a whiteout because he's been stellar the first half of his career. I just think his time that whole is just done. It's, it's done. And take Golden Tate with you. I got to give Golden Tate a pink slip, too. Like, I just, I, I, you know, Golden Tate, he, he talks a lot. And I'm getting to the point where every time Golden, like, makes a comment or says something and it's quoted in an article, I'm just. I'm Golden Tate it. just needs to be quiet. You don't talk smack for three it. weeks and not produce. He just needs to be quiet. He, like he gets a pink slip. Five yards or something. Definitely. So I have to give it to Calvin. It's not because I don't love Calvin as a player, but I'm giving it to Calvin because I think maybe he needs another place for a resurgence. What I will say is I do like how the defense looks. I think the defense for the Detroit Lions is safe. I definitely have to give praise to Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is throwing bombs. He's executing the ball really, really well. He's picking up some great yards, quite a few incomplete passes, but he looks good. He looks solid, and he's doing what he can to lead his team. He just doesn't have the greatest supporting offensive cast. But I got to give praises to Matt Stafford because this season he actually looks really, really good. Yeah, I agree with both of you. Uh, I, you know, Matt definitely is doing the job. He is out there working. And, you know, unfortunately for him, he doesn't have, you know, people that are willing to really step up and help, you know. Um Calvin Johnson is on the pink slip list for me because he had opportunity to help his team last week, and he just didn't do it for whatever reason. And, you know, we all know that it's difficult to catch balls, but this is Megatron we're talking about. He's supposed to be the creme de la creme of right. the, uh, the receivers. You know, and, and maybe his old age kicking in, you know, who knows. But, you know, the theory is if you're on the field, you know, you, you're there to produce. If you're not going to produce, you know, you can leave. And that's the business. That's how it goes. You know, Golden Tate's the same way. As much, I think he caught one pass last week, and then after that, that was it. You know, from what I, what I and remember. And then, yeah. Uh, right. So, Golden no, Tate. Did he drop, did, I, I know he dropped one. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, but they're, they're not helping their team at all. They are 0-4 right now. You exactly. know, and the last time the team was 0-4 in, in this league, you know, it's, that's that's not really something to come back from. You know, how, what <laughs> wasn't they gonna it do? them, They're going to make it slow. <laughs> wait, it really wait, was. wasn't it the no, Lions? Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because then the Lions almost go a full season without winning a hit. That was Indianapolis, too. And he did that, too. The right Lions after, um, you know, so, I mean, it's like it's just really difficult to sit up here and, and, I, you know, and I feel for Detroit fans because I know they're like, you know, we got the skills and, you know, then again, they're probably like, you know, we need to dump some people right now, you know, 
and just get rid of them all together, clean slate, start over because we're already at the bottom. You know, it would be very, very smart of them wow. to. It would be very smart of them to start yeah, their trade here? process. I was, I was, I was, I was correct. It was 2008. The Detroit Lions, 0 and 16. Yeah, but Detroit started and at the bottom. Way. This is you. Everybody's always talking about starting at the bottom. Now we here, but if this is where they're here at, they need to go back to the bottom again. They're already at I don't the think the bottom is helping the Lions. Like, what is it? It's all motivational. Like, what are you? Yeah. You know, I mean, not. and it's like they have to hurry up and figure out what to do at some point. You know, we're, you know, we're a quarter, not even a quarter, well, you know, a quarter way through the season. So they have to figure out what to do if they're going to even start putting in some type of win or some type of resurgence. And that's going to have to mean clearing the bench. You have to get rid of your unproductive people, and they're going to have to be looking around to see who they can use and who they can, who, who's going to step up, be productive, you know, and help them be successful. Because right now, it doesn't seem like they have anybody, and the two veterans aren't doing. And I much, get that. You know, I kind of get that too because you know. you're seeing, especially the Bears, you're seeing teams make adjustments. Um, and we'll talk about a couple of them in a little bit, from from coaching staffs to to players. We're seeing cuts and firings already starting to happen. And then we're seeing how Detroit's playing and what they're looking like, and nothing's happening. And that, that's something has to happen. This formula isn't working at it's all. Not working. They, they, I mean, their defense looked good in the last week. Are you sure? Looked very good last week. I mean, in some okay. instances, they yeah, had times because the defense did look good. The defense, yeah, I mean, they, not, they look good. Well, I mean, when you look at it from if you if you look at it from the and this is how I look at it if you look at it from the standpoint of scoring, right? You know, they only lost. It was ten to thirteen. It was a very low scoring scoring game. Not that Russell Wilson was out without mistakes because Seattle did not play a perfect game by far. However, the fact remains they still held the thirteen points. So you include all the mm-hmm. other mishaps of the other team, and you still look at the fact that their defense didn't give up. Uh, you know, they weren't getting – they didn't lose by 26 points. They didn't lose by 50 points. They didn't lose 48 to 21 like the Falcons did, Texans. They didn't do anything like that. They had a very low, very low controlled game on the defensive side of the ball. They just couldn't put up, they just couldn't I, put up any I, points offensive-wise. I, I, I won't do the see. I won't give that to you. And the reason I won't give that to you is some of that was Detroit doing their job, but some of that low scoring was the other team not doing their job. But that's what I just said. That's what he said. I just said that very sad thing. That's exactly okay. what I just said. All right, then maybe I didn't I didn't I didn't receive the communication well and I apologize. Because it happens. I don't apologize yeah. for anything the Detroit Lions are making us watch right now. You don't have oh, right. Man. Uh, we we can move on to the next team because as as long as we spend on Detroit for pink slips, we can spend that amount of time on Green Bay's team for praises. Now, the easy praise is Aaron Rodgers. But there's another praise that I'm gonna let Cad start with. Yes, yes, I have to do it. He's, he's awesome, and I feel like when he came back to the team, 
He did the Bobby Boucher. Can you do this for me? Every single game, can you do this? Coach, not only will I do it for you, I, 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 yes, yes, I'll do it for you. James Jones, welcome back to Green Bay, Wisconsin, sir. And we can you love it for Fantasy League lovers. James Jones. James Jones. Love it. Love it. Such a huge praise. When Jordy Nelson went out, everyone gasped for air. People were reaching for oxygen masks, carrying around oxygen tanks. They didn't know how this was going to happen. Then we turn around and we see an injury to Randall Cobb and People started doubling up on the oxygen. We knew that the, the Green Bay Packers were going to have a decent season only because you have Aaron Rodgers out there who can throw a touchdown to somebody's dog and be successful. Like, he could just go in the parking lot and be like, you want to play football today? And some kind of way it works. But we never expected going and getting James Jones that he would step up and be the player that he is. After they let him go. And now he's back. So, James Jones. Definitely gets a praise. Yes, he does. He is balling out of control. Yeah, you get a praise. Virtually the entire team gets a praise. Aaron Rodgers and James Jones have been a step above everybody else on their praise. They've been doing so good that the one pink slip I'm going to give, people are probably going to call in and say I'm stupid and say he doesn't know what he's talking about on football. And I'll admit, he's played, this person I'm talking about play, has played so much at a high level that I expect him to be at a high level every game. Because he's, technically he's not doing bad. But I expect more from him, uh, and that's Clay Matthews. And uh, in the pre-show meeting, Cass pointed out that he's made some great plays, a um, couple of interceptions that we eventually turned into touchdowns. But what I will say about him, until there's one or two great plays in a game, I felt like he's been silent most of the game, and then he, he wakes up and says, yes, I'm still here. And granted, that many times for many players is enough. But for Clay Matthews and the amount of the amount of talent that he has and the greatness that he's shown, I expect more than one great play a game. And the the two or three or the one or two great plays a game, I'm not I'm not saying that's enough from him. I expect more. So I wouldn't give him a pink slip. I would move him down in the depth chart and because literally for most of the game, I feel like he's indifferent with his play. Now that I'll admit, sometimes that could be—I'll admit that could be the offensive coordinator of the opposing team saying we're going to take the ball in the opposite direction because we don't want to see no parts of Clay Matthews, which would be smart. I just feel like. Mentioning him in the same breath as Lawrence Taylor and and JJ Watt is what I expect out of out of uh, Clay Matthews every week. So I'm not necessarily giving him a pink slip. It's just that he's he's raised my expectations of himself. And I gotta give him a praise. I, I gotta praise him because 
despite his injury, despite his age, he's still killing at that position. So to be a veteran at that position, you know, you see people like him. I mean, he's not Charles Woodson's age, but then you see Charles Woodson. Like some people, you just have to – he hasn't missed that big of a, a beat. Maybe, you know, he one or two tackles, he blows. But overall, Clay Matthews is still playing hard knockout football, and I love it. I love it. So I'm going to give him a praise. But that's, that's just me. And Michael, you quiet over there about Green Bay. Well – I don't, you know, I don't really have anything bad to say about that. They seem to be clicking. I don't really agree with the whole, you know, Clay Matthews thing. I think he's done, you know, he's been he's been very outspoken about the team not being where they should be since the very since the, when they played the Bears in the opening in the opener. So, with that being said, I think he's doing what a leader does, which is I have to lead by example. Not everybody's going to go out and have the perfect game. Of course not. He moves around. And, and he does what he can to keep his team within, you know, within the reason as far as the scoring goes. So sometimes you have to, you know, yeah, he's still going to go. He goes out there and he does his – the way I look at it is point blank. There are still teams preparing for this guy. And if it wasn't for that, for the same type of intensity or that, then you could I could go with what you're saying. But, you know, even the Rams are like, you know, they're saying we have to be committed to knowing where he's going to be and knowing his strengths. So we have to have somebody in the jersey that runs around like him. I'm reading this right now, by the way. You know, That's somebody who moves like them. So it, he had. So what I'm saying is, you're going off of how he makes you feel as a player. I'm looking at how he makes the other players feel when he's on the field. They still have enough so respect basic. to him to say, "I'm going to prepare for this guy because he can walk." Regardless of how, because he's because but you have, but because he's been the game so long and he knows the game so well, at some point you have to be you have to be in the game and be more and do it more from a mental standpoint because you physically can't do it as much as you could before. So even Basically, if he is slowing down is, and such, he's not. He's he he may have been relatively contained this season, so he's not going to have that reminder game against us. Oh no, no! And they, right. He's, not he's been do, relatively yeah, he, contained comparison to what he used he usually is, and I say relatively contained. But he's not gonna have that breakout reminder like, "Yeah, I'm still here against our against our team." Which I don't know. Really? Oh, you? Why would you? Okay. Why? You okay no, with him having really. breakout performance against the Bears? No, I, I agree with that, and I agree no, with that I don't completely. Think. I, my my thing is, I have high expectations for him. I want that all pro game from him every game, even as a Bears fan. That, but who even who gets that every game? That is, I said I have high expectations. But I have high expectations. I don't want my real. I don't want realism coming into my fandom. <laughs> What, 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 what does realism have to do with fandom? Okay. I don't. Okay. I'm gonna, All right. I'm going to so, leave you right there. Does, does, any, does anyone? So, are we moving on from Green Bay? Is that it? Is basically so we, just about 
Eighty percent. Yeah, of we're over. It's crazy. We're over with. Green Bay is good. We know that. Okay, one of the things I was proud of in the pre-show meeting, everybody had different uh, praises and pink slips to think about, but we all agreed with everybody else's pink slips and praises. So I'm going to start with mine, and uh, both of mine are from the same position. My pink slip? Go to Jimmy Clausen. He needs another day job, no analyst job. You know, he, 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 my pink slip goes to Jimmy Clausen. Go somewhere else. I don't want to hear your name again. He's not even worthy of being a fourth-string quarterback, let alone a second string. And my praise goes to Jay Can Cutler. I please? Can, he is, can I? Yeah. I got to agree with that. Can you, my praise goes to Jay Cutler for all those that, that want to hate on him. He has showed command of the huddle. He has showed passion. He has showed like he's in charge. He has made decisive decisions. Last week when he he came in, obviously not at a hundred percent. He he stayed in the pocket and got the ball where it needs to go. He got the ball out quickly. My praise goes to Jay Color. If I were to pick a second praise, it would go to the Bears' offensive line. Now, my my other pink slip. Wait 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 wait, 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 I'm not going to step on mics. I'm not going to step on mics. I'm not going to touch his. I'm going to let him give his. Okay. So wait a minute. Hold on. And the pink slip goes to the Bears special teams. The, just cut the entire <laughs> special teams, not name Robbie Gold. Anybody on special teams not name Robbie Gold can just go. And it's so and sad because we had team. high hopes for them. I'm talking kicking team, receiving team, punt team, field goal team. Anybody not it, named Robbie Gold, just go. It, it's sad because we had so high. So our hopes were so high at the beginning of the season. We were like, they all right, finally, we got a special team. Man, they have been invisible on the field. They're like the invisible oh, man. Invisible. Straight up. They've been visibly horrible. No, oh, invisible, ineffective, not it factor. <laughs> Outside of rock. No, 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 no. I, I would say not a factor means not doing good but not doing bad. I'm saying they're doing so bad that you notice how bad they're doing. I don't even say <laughs> it. I can't see it. Well, he doesn't. I don't even, I have, it's not there. There is no kicking game to see. What are you talking about? Um, you're giving them too. You're giving it way too much credit by even saying that you can see this horrible. That's it's not. It's not existing. I'm gonna quote somebody. Cass is gonna laugh that I'm using this quote. She had T-shirts made. The Bears special teams are a non-MF in factor. Well, I'm Lazada. Thank you for telling us that somebody was the Bears' special teams are non-MF in factor. And Mike, I'm gonna leave this last one to you. You're 100% correct, but your passion in which you expressed it, I couldn't touch that. Um, my vote for pink slips this day is none other than Kyle Fuller himself. Uh, 
he has just not shown the other skills that 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 are necessary for that secondary to you know to really produce. Um, I haven't seen one game where I've just where he just has to put me to sleep, literally. Like, oh my God, what is he doing? He can't cover. He can't do buck and run. I mean, can't do one on one. What is it? You know, I mean, last like like we said in the meeting, you know, it was easy for him to be successful last year because there was no tape on him. You know, now now that his weaknesses have been exposed, he gets exposed almost every week, dude. It's like, oh my God, you know they're gonna throw one on you. Just go sit back twenty yards deep, wait for it to come. <laughs> you know, or if you're so gonna I'm give like up, the, if you're gonna give up something, give up the short pass. But you know, just I mean, just oh. Wow, it's just, yeah, his coverage it's, is it's, it's bad to watch. It's, it's, it's really bad. it's bad to watch. You know, now I'm not taking so, away from his skill. He probably is a talented player, but he doesn't fit that scheme. He's getting it, it's, so it, it, they're leaving the him. Okay. And you know, he just doesn't. He like I was saying, he doesn't fit they, whatever their defensive scheme. He does not fit where in his in that position. He is not the the speed that it takes to play at that level at corner. Especially when you know you're not that tall, and most of your receivers are six three and and, and taller, you know, and just as fast, and obviously can get there faster because their legs are longer. But even still, with that being said, it's I haven't seen anything in his play that impresses me and says that he that he should be in that position. He may be a better safety. He may be a better you know um, strong safety, but corner is not it. You know, it's not working at all. He don't have a size to be a strong safety. He might have to be a free safety. He don't have a size and the girth to be a strong safety. He would need to get in the gym way. for about. He don't have a. Either way. Well, no, I, I take that back. I, I really can't go at you on that because I know a few players, you know, that I play with. Um, one of my guy, one of my guys was our um, strong safety, and no, I take that back. Rodney was a free safety. But even one of the other guys, um, um, Marvin Robinson, I played with, uh, he wasn't a big, strong safety. But at the same time, you know, it's about what you bring to the position. And he doesn't bring that tenacity you need to be a corner. At, you know, he don't. he's not threatening anybody. Nobody's scared about going deep on him. No, he's not. No, well, no I mean, you know, I hate, to, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. Devin Hester was a better cornerback than uh, Kyle Fuller. Because at least Devin, he going to cover you, if nonetheless. <laughs> you just made about, like, 20 Bears fans pass out. Like, they don't get it. They don't understand. They don't know what you mean by that. They don't know that that was Devin Hester's original position. They just passed out. I mean, literally, Devin Hester was covering Tory Holt in the famous Rams game that Devin Hester ran two kicks back. <laughs> On the field, he was covering Torrey Holt. Uh, I mean, other than other than Jay Cutler and the offensive line, do we have any phrases? I have uh, kind of a combination. Well, Cass I have a controversial statement. Yeah, Cass I do. I, this is very controversial. It's a praise and a pink slip all at once. And um, basically, it's Matt Forte. And I know a lot of people just set up, like, you know, 
It is. It's Matt Forte because while Matt Forte is a excellent running back, I do not feel that Matt Forte right now in John Fox's scheme of things is the right fit at, at running back at this time. I really think that he needs to go. So I think I'm praising him because he's great. He He's still got speed, slant routes, everything, running up the middle. <laughs> yeah, don't really – yep, don't do that. So he's a great bat to have. On, on any other squad but the Bears right now, I think they could use a much, much better running back. But he's absolutely awesome. But i got to give him a pink slip because I know, you know, in, in looking at the different backs out there and knowing that they could have a different type of back that would really, really execute and would take everything that Jay Cutler has worked for coming out this season to the next level, it's kind of like a praise and a pink slip all at once. So, yes, throw tomatoes at me if you must, Bears fans. But I really think it's time for Matt to hit up another team. Hey, well, Matt I, Forte, I will give him the, the change of scenery. There's a, quite a few players that need to do the the Andre Johnson thing from Houston to to Indianapolis. Calvin Johnson, we've said, just needs a change of scenery. Um, uh, but that'll benefit Detroit, so they can get some picks back. Matt Forte with a change of scenery, I think, would be great. And I won't be surprised if it ends up happening because we have Langford in the pipeline. So it is obvious that Langford out of Michigan State is going to be the heir apparent to Matt Forte. It's just going to matter, is it it next year or the following year? Because Langford is clearly the next one. Jacquez Rogers gets playing time, but he's not as young as Langford. So as a Bears fan, I want to keep Matt Forte but as a football fan, I can see him going to another team and being successful. Well, I think it would be in his best interest because, you know, it's going to allow him to do some do some other things, you know. You can plateau at, at you know, at a winning team. You can reach a certain level, and then after that, there's really not much else you can do. And most of the time, it's not your fault as a player. It just happens to be there's a coaching change. You know, the system's different. And unless the coach is coming in and has a way to utilize you as a back where you can be more effective in their scheme, you know, the, the trade is most likely going to happen, you know, and, and, it's, and it's definitely possible. It might even be better, you know, more plausible than any, any other reason they can come up with to keep him. You know, we all know his stats. We all understand that he's done put up numbers, you know, very, very, very good numbers over, the, over his time there. But there comes a time when even he as a player has to sit down and make an evaluation of, you know, and be honest with himself of have I, has he done everything here at this point in his career and where can he go and be more successful to reach the other goals he wants to reach. You know, so exactly. I think, you know, you know, for those reasons, I, I would give him a pink slip too. It's not because, like, then again, Bears fans, this is not because we don't believe in his skill and don't, you know, and don't take into consideration what he has contributed to the team over the past year. What we're saying, we're only saying that at any time when you're making a business decision and a career decision, you have to make it based upon more than money, more than playing time. You know, you have to look at the long term of what, how it's going to affect your family, you know, your financial status, your financial means. You know, overall, so there's a lot more than going going here and on a stake here than just whether he wants to be a bear. And one thing that we can say and Cass mentioned it already, 
one of the teams uh, got started with the pink slips before we even had the show. That team was the Bears because we could have had more pink slips. Oh, but, uh, my goodness. We would have uh, had, like, Halliburton. You know, they blew it up yeah. with Jared Allen. They traded, they traded Jared Allen away, Brock Marine, And I'm missing some other players that they had already let. Oh, uh, Jonathan Bostic. They let Jonathan Bostic go to the Patriots. I think they let Bostic go to the Patriots because, for lack of a better way of putting it, the Bears' deepest position is the linebackers. So they didn't have the use for Bostic because Bostic had shown in his rookie season that he had talent. It's just that we couldn't use him. Uh, I question keeping Shea McClellan over Jonathan Bostic, but, hey, I'm not in the film room. I'm not on the practice field. So Shea McClellan is, is obviously impressing somebody. Well, either I, I I can I can see you know why he's safe as of right now. So I get it, I see it, I understand. So uh, but before that, we um, uh, we finish that, but I have to talk about something that took place yesterday. It was the best tackle of the season. It took place on a Saturday between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the New York Mets. Well, even before we get into, wait, 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 even before, even before we get into that, the one thing that we didn't do so we can wrap up this segment is we didn't give, like, for fans who aren't diehard sports fans, who are these teams playing? Like, for example, we know the Vikings aren't playing today because they have a bye, but, you know, we haven't given our predictions really quick. Who's going to get it? You okay? You are going to okay? 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 The tackle, we'll get to it. It's not going to. Oh, really? Yeah, we're going to get there. You know, but we do have to respect it. We did. We did all this talking, and we didn't do predictions. So let's let's be fair. So now that we fired half of these squads, like players, we got the Bears up against the Chiefs to kick it off. What's that? I'm picking the Bears. Are the Chiefs the truth? Uh, well, with one and three, I don't know me. what the truth is there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of that because the Chiefs have not shown me one way or the other. And so when the team, when the opposing team hasn't shown me one way or the other, I'm always going to go with the Bears. Well, I'm taking the Bears after, you know, because, number one, they put out a fabulous win last week. Thank you guys for putting some type of fire back in us because we were worried about y'all. We thought we were going to be looking at the Detroit Lions twins, and I'm so glad you all are Bears and not Lions. All right, so um, I am taking the Bears over the Chiefs today. I think the Chiefs uh, um, will kind of be as dull as they have been over the past few weeks. Um, Hopefully today we can get some. um, if we decide to run the ball, we can get some production out of Matt Forte. And, you know, it's kind of bad because I really need, uh, you know, I know we haven't talked, uh, we haven't got to our fantasy football statement yet, but it's kind of bad because I need Jamal Charles to have a good day against the Bears. If he have a good day, I'm not, as long as, we, as long as the Bears win, I think I'll be all right with that kind of outcome just so I can, you know, beat my son today because we're playing you against each other in our fantasy three. football league. <laughs> you got Freeman. So, Freeman destroyed me last week. So I don't want to hear no complaints about Jamal Charles. You got What Freeman. are you talking about? No, I don't. 
I don't have who? You have Freeman. Out of Atlanta. Devontae Freeman? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm, so you don't know, need I'm Jamal not. Charles. Well, I mean, don't be mad. Are you hard green feelings because I whooped you last week? Yes, you whooped me. The two people you complained about. Are you hard green feelings? Freeman and Phillip Rivers. Just those two alone won the game for you last week. I mean, you, you know, said I you were going to trade Philip Rivers. I should have took you up on that trade. Good but you did it. You sure didn't. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Hey, but, hey, you know, I'm just saying, exactly man. That's how competitive. I'm just gonna, but let's get back to this. We both picked the Bears over that Chiefs. Where'd you go, Cass? Okay. Yes, over here. All right. So, yeah. So, uh, I'm going to lean along the line for the Chiefs. Okay. This is no hate to the uh, Bears. I'm actually No, I don't know. You, you were I saying felt, this. Or no, you were saying this yesterday. Yeah. I'm, yes, we do talk I'm to each other little, when, it's not, when it's not football Sunday. Yeah, because we kind of sometimes like each other, like every other Thursday or something. But, yes, I am leaning toward the Chiefs for the W. I think it's going to be a good game. My thing is if Jay Cutler comes out and marches the boys down the field, then they have a chance to be successful. I don't. The Chiefs, for in my eyes, they just get it done. They just get it, just, the Chiefs just get it done. Like, if somebody, like, went missing and missed the scene playing, they'd be like, all right, you know, we got to win. Andy so Reid gets it I'm, done. I won't give that to the Chiefs. Well, Andy I'm Reed. Well, you got to well, that, but Andy you know, Reid. You know, if you guy. take into consideration and um, his glasses. That, that the Chiefs only lost by, eight, by 10 points last week to Green Bay. I don't like spending a long time on people that pick against right, He was like, I don't even want to talk about that. Just, well, okay. so All right, it. man, what's that? You know, I'm just what saying. Is, what is this? Every week, every week we get into, like, these bears so conversations, get, and Mike so always gets to talking about you know, them, and I say, so, oh, it's like, right. getting, I mean, oh, you know, you're not allowed to talk about It's okay. Ears. You know what? Like, I, I'm going to let you have that because, after all, I did beat you last week. So, well, I, I don't know. I don't know. You hard to feel it. It's cool. Well, oh, boy, it's getting heated on the show today. three and one. You know, I, it's all right. So I, it's okay. <laughs> I'm not taking it personally. In the NFC North, which hopefully somebody uh, likes. Awesome. We actually have Green Bay. We have the Rams visiting Lambeau Field. So the St. Louis Rams are bringing their talent to Green Bay. And the, the Rams are a little dangerous, and here's why. Not so much the other great teams, but the, the and Rams that's not a have some – I'm picking the Rams. Yeah, I, but I, I get it because the Rams have some sort of like they 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 mentally click when it's a team that's supposed to be this upright, upstanding creme de la creme of the league, and they just exactly. beat them like they really they don't have a problem will not give up. up. They we saw, they, I mean, they saw what happened with Seattle. Like so it's yeah, but it's they, like you good know, team. It's like, good team in front of them, they wake up. They get up for those they games. They do. And I don't know. They, like, drink some special juice. or Maybe they got that 
Russell Wilson bubbly water or whatever that is he drinks that. I know y'all blame yourself on Sierra, but y'all might want to check that water. Um, but whatever it is <laughs> doing in St. Louis, I'm kind of at a toss-up. I'm definitely I want to go with Green Bay for this one only because Aaron Rodgers and James Jones are absolutely killing. But I honestly think that maybe the Rams will pick through that O-line because it's not like, you know, we all know Green Bay does not have the greatest O-line. Aaron Rodgers is just a bad man. And I think they might pick through and really, really get to him today. And and what that will do for the offense, I think this is going to be a battle. I totally think this is a battle. Yeah, I I, I happen to agree with you. I was thinking about it while you, you know, while you were speaking and the entire before you even said, I'm like, yeah, this game's a toss-up for me because St. Louis is playing very well right now. You know, they're they like you Saint said for, for some y'all, for y'all, some y'all reason when, for some reason <laughs> when they get the, when they get the top team in front of them, it's like, oh, okay, you think you're that good? Well, we, we, let's let's show you real quick and just bring you back down to earth nice, and when we leave, we'll see who's better. You know, now if they, now imagine if they take that and run the rest of the season with that attitude. It's so you know we may very well be looking at them in the yeah, playoffs, which I'm, I'm pretty sure we will. I think, no, right. I think the two wild card teams are coming out of uh, the two wild card teams are likely coming out of the NFC West. I'll go that far. I'm saying the NFC West is going to have three teams in the playoffs. Is this because you like the Cardinals? Well, yeah, I like the Cardinals, but I'm but I'm not saying that it's just going to come down to just the Cardinals. Whichever team in that division wins the division, I'm not going to also ignore. You got Seattle, you got St. Louis, and you have Arizona. I can't pick. I cannot pick two other teams or even one other team in the rest of the NFC over them. Literally, the the scariest part that could throw a monkey wrench in my statement. That the NFC South, because you have Atlanta and Carolina. Atlanta and Carolina are both still undefeated. So, yes, the NFC South could throw a monkey wrench in my NFC West thought process. I'm not going to ignore that there's not some great teams out there. The NFC in general, I, I believe outside of New England, the pendulum has swung back to the NFC as far as the more powerful uh, conference. Uh, but... Uh, I don't want to spend all of the time just on that. What is Detroit going to do this week? They're going to they're gonna go to work. You sure they're going to punch the clock? <laughs> oh, they're going to punch the clock. Oh, so they're going to collect the they, 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 they not Right, they right. They're, like, just, they're going to go. They're just there so they won't get signed. Uh, well, I, don't, I, yeah. I think that game is going to be just just a blowout. I hate to say I it. Think, uh, I think it's. I, I don't want to say that either. I, I hope not, but I really think. I really think that. They're gonna play well. I mean, enough well, to well, be here, well, well, for them, here's the thing: if for Detroit to not get blown out, <clears throat> that's what we talking about, right? Yeah. Okay. For them to not get blown out, Arizona would have to have a horrible game. 
that's so all it's possible. Like I'm not, I'm not overly sold on Arizona either. I know Mike on here. I know you're sold on him. But honestly, well, I'm not really sold like on him. I'm if just Jay, looking if at Jay, if Jay, not not you, not Michael, but uh-huh. Mike. He seems to think they're great. But honestly, to me, if Jay Cutler wouldn't have gotten hurt. I don't think they would have got the W. I'm I don't not, think I'm not they would have. I don't think we'd have lost that game. Either. I don't think they would have. I don't think they would have. I don't the think w. it would have been I'm the not same type of yet. They are coming out mm-hmm. looking the way they've looked the last two seasons with all that energy and all that poise, and we're going to take you down, and, and and then they go home, and then there's the Super Bowl with they me and the fans watching the game. So I don't. I'm not sold on Arizona yet. And if Detroit, Detroit's biggest problem right now. Is their offensive weapons? They don't have any outside of Matt Stafford that are None. consistent. Megatron, he's not consistent. Golden Tate's not. He's a non-factor right now. They don't. If they had that, I almost wish they still had Reggie Bush. Even though I know he got hurt game one of the season, I almost wish they still had Reggie Bush because they need yeah. something that they're fizz, they're fizzling out well, I mean, on, on like Matt Stafford. Uh... I won't call him the weapon. I'll call him the the person that uses the weapon because Matt Stafford could not get arrested in the airport with the weapons he has. Wow. He's the person throwing the ball. Wow. <laughs> and Matt Stafford could not get arrested in the airport with the weapons he has. Wow. Wow. And tell me that you all do <laughs> You all are saying um, wild, but tell me you all disagree. Um, no, not really. <laughs> right. You all are I, saying I mean, wild, and you all are I mean, you really, more in a shock because it's like, wow, that's accurate. You are shocked yeah, because it's accurate. It, it, it yeah, is. I mean, it's, 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 that has there has to be changed. Like there has to be somebody on the practice but There's got to be somebody that they can plug in. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the things if you gotta go. It, it's like you're saying, Cass. If you you have all this depth on your team, you have somebody there. And then again, you know, depending on how your recruitment went, you might not have anybody there. <laughs> It just depends, you know, whoever made whatever decisions they made in the postseason, you know, up to leading up to now, to where they are um, and how they're playing. It has a lot to do with, you know, with that. Like we said, you know, initially, our biggest thing was like, okay, they were undisciplined. Now it's like they're disciplined and dominant. Now, you can't. I mean, yeah. you can't. It's like. Like he said, you're not walking there with any any weapons. And like you can't even point them in the direction that they go, and they go and, and it gets done. That's how bad it is. You know, not taking away. Like I said earlier, I'm not taking away from the defensive standpoint. You know, and how well they look on the defensive side of the ball, but you're not putting up any points. You can't. Put, you can't even score. When you hold the team, you know, a good yeah. team to 13 points, you're holding <laughs> the. the uh, you're holding the champion to 13 points, and you only score a 10. That's that's you know, so, so there has so to be there has I, to be I, some I, changes. I want, in. I want the Lions to get a W. I don't want them to repeat the 2008 season. Oh when they man, like, oh, I really, I, they I, were, they went 0 16, and and I, I I I do, but I don't think this is the team that they're going to get it again. 
No, I don't see that happening today. You know, I'm not, you know, I, I can't. It's like we said, you know, we always say, it's, you know, anything can happen on any given Sunday like the movie. You know, shameless plug there for the film. I wasn't in it. I wish I had some money from it, but okay. Anyway, um, I think that from that standpoint, you know, I still have to go up the Cardinals. I can't really say that, you know, I have the, the Lions have given me enough faith to be like, okay, yeah, they, they can pull this one off. I just don't, don't see it. I want to see it. I want to see it. Wow. And just to piggyback, doubling back on our praises and pink slips, and I know that uh, Mike definitely wants to give Clay Matthews a pink slip, I'm going to retweet something because I can't say that his greatness is lost when right now on social media, on Twitter, Clay Matthews just got praised because he's gotten at least one sack in 40 straight games. How many people can even say that? You have a point. That's greatness. That's, that's 40 straight games. He's gotten at least one sack if you average it out. And considering he even missed a few games with an injury, yeah, that's, wow, good job. So I guess we can move on. Because there was a tackle that happened yesterday, but it didn't have anything to do with the NFL. So we're going to let Mike break down the spectacular, heartbreaking, scary, really strange turn of events tackle that happened in Major League Baseball, though. I can't say that that was baseball, because that tackle, while it wasn't textbook, that was one of the most violent plays I've ever seen in baseball. Chase Utley took out Miguel Tejada. Took him out so much that you couldn't tell if it was a concussion or the leg injury that it turned out to be. He has a broken leg now. The seventh inning ended up being the inning because that took all of the wind away from the Mets. But good gosh. Some people are trying to say he was just trying to prevent the double play. If you saw the play live, or you've noticed that it ended up being 10 or 15 minutes before they played another. They played, they pitched another ball. And anytime you've ever seen something crazy on any sporting event, the worst thing you can do is continue to watch that game because they're going to keep running the replay over and over and over again. And one thing that I will say, if you've ever popped your knuckles, cracked your neck, popped your back, if you saw that play, everything was popped by the end of that play. He literally got his body taken in every direction. Chase Utley took him out. And there have been questions. Some people are trying to ask, is it a dirty play or was he just trying to prevent the double play? Um, I've heard some people say, well, he wasn't trying to injure him. No, he was not trying to injure him. No, he was not. Nice, dirty players don't even want to injure somebody. But when you're a dirty player and you're doing dirty things, you cannot be shocked at the dirty results. Chase Utley took him out. 
And when he sat up, the look on Miguel Tejada's face, I was worried, was it a concussion? My cohorts in this radio show pointed out, if your leg is broken and you go through that, you just don't sit up there and be like, did he just do this yourself? The best tackle this season, or wait a minute, not best tackle, the most violent tackle this season didn't happen in college football, didn't happen in professional football. That happened in Major League Baseball. And we definitely would have to agree. Yeah. I watched the clip a couple of times, and it was just, uh, you know, and, and the art, even when they read back what the rule is, for those who aren't aware of what the baseball rule is regarding the sliding into a base if you're the runner, you have to stay within the baseline in order for it to be illegal, um, for the slide to be considered legal and not to be unsportsmanlike, if you will. Um, well, you have to you have to be within arms reach or legs reach of the base. You have to have had the ability to touch the base. the 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 crazy part about it is, after it was over with, they challenged it, saying that Miguel Tejada never touched the base, which it turns out he did. But my problem with that was Chase Upley never tagged the base either. And Neither one of them did. Right. Neither one. But the explanation that Major League Baseball gave was that once the referee called him out, Chase Utley didn't have to touch the base, so when it was challenged, they were able to give him credit for touching the base, which I thought was horrible. Just like in football, since this is a football show, for example, if a player fumbles the ball and they call it, they call it, an incomplete pass or whatever they want to call it, not a fumble. In order for the challenge to be valid, the opposing team has had to made an obvious recovery of the ball. So regardless of the whistle being blown, regardless of the flag being thrown, you still have to keep playing through the play. So in the event of a challenge, it becomes obvious. Chase Utley still could have tagged the base, period. So if you Man, watch he, the rest of that game, it was so deliberate, you know. And it's, it's and, it, and it's such a close call to be to have to make, even from the umpire standpoint, you know. But looking at it from the very all the different angles they they show you, when the anyone who's watched baseball or played, you know how you're taught. Everyone knows how you're supposed to slide into. You know the base. If you don't tuck both legs when you slide into a base. Like he, honestly, if 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 I can go ahead and do a ref, crazy reference here, he looked like um, Eddie Kane Jr. sliding across the stage at the beginning of uh, uh, the Five Heartbeats. <laughs> when he just slide across both knees with the microphone in his hand, that's what he did to him. He just happened to do it on the baseball field. When you look at it, look at it. I'm telling you, the reference is right, it's right there. That's what he reminds, that's what it reminds me of. The baseball players don't slide to both knees. So, but that is our best hit of the weekend award. Um, obviously, it's not happening in football, ladies and gentlemen. Um, what are we on to now, ladies and gentlemen? 
we are now getting ready to get into, and let, let me prepare the sound for this, because every single week we watch these lovely, wonderful men that adore these college NCAA football uniforms and do battle. And every week they do these major battles. And it, it's unreal what we actually see. We see teams that held number one spots lose their number one spots. We see teams that we haven't seen in years make comebacks and be mentioned in the top ten. Then we see teams that spend decades in the top ten can't even break the top 25. So we are now entering the Football Fan Rush Radio College Duel College Corner. We are going to give it to Michael and Mike take it away with some amazing games and amazing play that happens in NCAA football yesterday. Yesterday was a great day for the Big Ten, um, starting off with Ohio State defeating Maryland 49-28. Cardell Jones had an outstanding game going 21-28 for 291 yards with two touchdowns, killing them on that. Um, on the rushing side of the ball, Terry Hill from Maryland had an outstanding game, 25 carries for 170 yards and two touchdowns. And if you look at it from just a great way that that entire game was so phenomenally well played on both sides of the ball, even with Ohio State coming out the win, who is coincidentally still rates our number one um, in the nation amongst all teams. Next we had TCU number two playing Kansas State number uh, who is unranked, but yet they are, I believe they're 0-2 in the Big 12, but they still have a 3-2 record. Kansas State, I've had the experience of playing that program when I was in college, and they've always had a solid grant, solid program. You're not going to go into their house and think you're going to get, just boss them around and not have some type of, you know, pushback from them. TCU overall won the game 52-45. Um, Trevon Boykin, I believe he is up for the Heisman up around him from TCU. He was 20 of 30 for 301 yards and two touchdowns in May. He also had 11 carry for 124 24 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Um, I guess he was having a great day from that fan. Yeah, look at it. Say, wow. <laughs> <laughs> he was killing them. <laughs> um, number three, Baylor. Um, this is going to be a real quick mission because there's not really much to say. They demolished Kansas 66 to 7. That's just, I mean, what, what else can you say? They demolished it was 66 to 7. Um, Michigan State, another Big Ten rival. And if you don't know, Michigan and Michigan State are going head to head for the interstate rival next weekend. I wish we could go to that game. Um, they helped Rutgers to a loss of 31 to 24. Now, anybody who knows anything about football knows that you cannot spike the ball on the fourth when you're fourth down is just not, you know, the most smart thing yeah. to do. However, uh, Rutgers quarterback Chris Viviano, I believe his name is, did not was unaware at the last moment of the game of how many of what yard they were what down they were on. I'm sorry, and he went to spike the ball, thus giving Michigan State the final win, 31 to 24. 
um, you know, hey, people, when you're playing football, please be, you know, mindful of where you are. You got to watch the clock. I mean, do something. You should look over. You have the down marker. How can you not know what down is? But then again, you know, maybe he got hit so hard he just forgot where it was. Like, hey, man, I don't know what I'm doing right now with this play. But, you know, kudos to the coach, to their head coach. Um, he did, in the post-game interviews, he did take responsibility for telling him to coach, telling him to spike the ball. Um, I'm sorry. I think he was just really covering up from him. That's just my agreement because I don't think anybody who's coached this game, this game forever, been around the game, Forever has ever done that. I might be wrong. I have to do some research, but I, you know, I just I don't see why. Like I don't see how you're going to tell your paper, you your player on fourth down, hey, go spike the ball. Yeah, I, I just I don't can't see it. See I just don't see it happening. Mike, I'm just thinking about Michigan and Northwestern. Ah, uh, the shutout. Not a side the only is, shutout yesterday. And not only is it the uh, is it a shutout, it's three weeks three weeks in a row of shutouts. And they are the first team, ladies and gentlemen, to have done this since nineteen eighty five when Kansas State did it, just in case you were wondering. Actually oh no, wait wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Then the stat is a little bit different then because when the stat was put up on the screen yesterday the four teams that did it prior to prior there were three to teams. Uh, there were three teams including them. There wasn't four. No, 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 no. Was, there, there were four teams when I when I saw it, and Kansas State wasn't listed. It was uh, it was Michigan, it was Georgia Tech, it was Army, and it was one other team that was oh, it was Notre Dame. Maybe that was must have been that was a different stat. That had to be a different stat. I swear we can, it, that we was can look stat. it up right now. The the team the, it might have been three weeks in a row with with not only a shutout but a shutout with, with plus thirty with scoring a minimum of twenty six points. But what they what the stat also said was those other teams that did it. Three out of four of those teams. Went to won a national championship. Right. That's the same thing. Uh, won a national championship. And the fourth one being Georgia Tech, they won the Sugar Bowl. So all of them won a major bowl game, and three of those teams won a national championship. But regardless, Michigan State uh, jumped the line. They weren't supposed to be this good until next season. They are they playing it. football. Yes, you mean you're right, Michigan. They are playing now. Um, Northwestern's going to drop out of the top ten. Obviously, they might drop out of the top twenty because not only did they lose yesterday, they got goose egg and blown out. They got goose egg and blown out. So the Big Ten has four good teams. Uh, if you want to keep. Maybe five, because uh, Ohio State's still number one. Right. Michigan State is, is luckily still undefeated because they keep finding ways to win at the end of the game. Wisconsin is always a force to be reckoned with. They have another. They have uh, another person with the last name of Watt on the team. 
and Michigan is here. Northwestern is oh, here. Man, Michigan but, is definitely. I guarantee you, they're they're if they can continue playing the way they are playing, they they'll most likely. I agree with the analysts this morning. I was watching that they're going to win the Big Ten, dude. They're playing. They're constantly getting better. Where other teams are having where other teams are having problems and faltering, they are getting better in all facets of the game from top to bottom. Top to bottom winning, overall as a complete team and winning this. Right. Winning you they may not have thought much of themselves coming into the season, but as you keep winning, you get more confident in what you can do. Jim Harbaugh said Jim Harbaugh never said we was going to have a rebuilding season. He never said that. Jim Harbaugh wants to win as soon as he gets there. Jim Harbaugh has won every place he's gone. As a, and he knows how to. He and definitely so, wow. knows how to. I mean, he did it at and Stanford. There a, there, uh, he did it before Stanford. People keep forgetting he won at the team he coached at before Stanford. That's how he got the Stanford job. I mean, that's it's it's like wow there there were there was a conversation on another uh, network recently about if you had to pick any college coach to rebuild your team, there's three that jump out in everybody's name list. Nick Saban did it at Michigan State, LSU, and now. Uh, and now at Alabama, uh, Urban Meyer has done it at Utah, Florida, and now Ohio State. Harbaugh's in that list. Stanford, the NFL, with, and now back at Michigan. And those are the three talked about. I have to throw in a fourth. Brian Kelly took two teams to the national championship game. In Cincinnati, University of Cincinnati, people forget they were number one, and he took Notre Dame to the national championship game. Even though they got blown out by Alabama, that's two teams in the national championship. But Harbaugh, Harbaugh, wow. And then I have to talk about the unluckiest team in the Big Ten and probably college football, Nebraska. They don't just keep losing. They're losing in spectacular fashion. They lost on a Hail Mary pass against BYU. They lost against someone else with a Hail Mary pass. I forget who it was. They lost in the final nine seconds to University of Illinois. Then they lost again in the final last seconds yesterday to, I believe, Wisconsin. Nebraska, it's not just that they're losing. They're losing in spectacular fashion in the final 10 to 20 seconds. They are, they are. So we, we, there were a lot of big battles, as always, 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 going on in NCAA football. We made some great ones. You can always check us out on Twitter at Football Fan Rush for more updates, live updates. We'll put the scores out, the winners, the losers, the upset, 
everything we'll have right there on our site. So, Michael. Michael? Are you there? All right. So, I'm turning it over to you as you do the wonderful introduction for this week's wonderful guest from one of my favorite football apps. So, why don't you bring him on the line, Michael? Hello? Michael? Oh, I'm so yeah. sorry. I apologize. I had a little phone issue. <clears throat> and right, our guest today, we are ready, we are here with the owner of U Stadium. If you don't know, U Stadium is an app where you can follow and chat about all your favorite sports. And we have Frank. Frank, are you on with us right now? How are you? Hey, hey how you doing? How's today? everyone? Good, good. Everyone's good. Good, good. Glad to have you on the show today. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, We're always happy, and as you very well know from your site, people are always looking for new social ways to talk about football. Football being king, and you picked the right sport to to jump in with. Oh, my God, guys. Like, I'm addicted to U Stadium. I think I've been addicted to U Stadium since, like, this is my second full season. I've just the fans, the support that I, you can support your own team. You can I mean, play by play action, fan love, posting pictures. It is an amazing way to socially interact with other fans of the sport, your favorite team. A little trash talking goes on. Like, it's <laughs> so much fun. So if you don't have the U Stadium, and that's the letter U in the word stadium, if you don't have the app, you got to download it from one of your app stores on, on any mobile device. But good morning. I don't know how much of the show you had a chance to hear, but today was our famous annual Praises, Pink Slips, and He's Safe show. And we always focus on the NFC North. That's our biggest baby. So we did go through a few teams and sort of give out who we think is doing a great job, who's doing an okay job, who we definitely need to cut. But we were wondering if you had, you know, any players that you had question marks about or that you think are doing a phenomenal job in the NFC North division. Uh, yeah, no, I was listening before. It was, uh, it was good stuff. I don't follow college football as much as people would think. I'm not that big in college. Um, I've always been an NFL guy, so I'm always involved in, you know, just the NFL basically. But, um, but yeah, no, this week's games, like the slot of games we have lined up for, for today are, are crazy. Like I, I think it's one of the better weeks we've had in terms of matchups. I mean, you have the Seahawks playing the Bengals, which is going to be an awesome game. Broncos, Raiders, Patriots, Cowboys. I mean, it's going to be an awesome week of football, um, awesome Sunday. But, um, but yeah, no, I appreciate the introduction. I have to cut Are you, you off on that one. I have to cut yeah. you off on that one. We have an awesome slate of games, but that Patriots-Cowboys game is going to be ugly, and that's not even going to be a good game in my my opinion. I, I, it would have been a great game if Dez Bryant and Tony Romo were playing, but I can't, I, I can't, I can't roll with you on that one. I just can't. I, I'm telling you right now, Cowboys are going to make that a game. They're D-line with Hardy coming back. They're going to put pressure on Brady. I think they're going to be amped up to play. Um, I think, I don't know, I just have, you know, the Patriots are going on the road. So, it's in, you know, Dallas isn't traditionally that good at home. But still, I still think because they're going on the road and, and Hardy's back and 
you know, you just have to get a little bit of pressure on Brady, and then you could keep it a close game. I do think New England wins, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout like people think. You probably think it's going to be a blowout, right? Not that I think that, that it's going to be a blowout. You're 100% correct in it. If you make Tom Brady here footsteps, uh, it, um, the Giants have proven that in two Super Bowls that all you have to do is make Tom, uh, Tom Brady here footsteps. That that scares him up. And Kevin Hardy is the perfect person to, to make him hear footsteps. But I'm not even, I'm not going to say blowout, but I'm I, I think it's going to be, it's going to be obviously yeah. not a close game in my opinion. I believe that um, while Dallas' defense will step up, they have not been able to produce any offense since Tony Romo went down. Yeah, I think that the key to the game, I think, is is New England able to um, convert on third down like they've been. I mean, if you look at it, they've been, they've been the best on third down in the league thus far. If Dallas can get a couple, you know, stops on third down, crucial spot, I think they'll have a chance to win. But if New England's just converting on third down, they're going to score too many points. And Dallas' offense is going to be able to hang with them, you know? Well, you know, as, as soon as, as uh, the Patriots get ahead of you, very hard for you to stop them, you know, stop that steam roll once that ball gets going um, on score wise. And I agree with you both. You know, if if their defense can do something, you know, to contain Brady and keep him, you know, from getting outside the pocket and, you know, start to make him hear the footsteps early, if you will, it'll be a, a lot of a lot closer game and a lot different game for for the Cowboys in that perspective. You know, um, at this point, if you look at it, you know, Brady's like just chilling on the yardage. <laughs> you know, my God, wise, you know, he is chilling on yardage. I'm looking at it, looking at it right now, and he's like at 11. The only person ahead of him right now is Carson Palmer. And They're Brady, both anybody, anybody, that yards already. <laughs> anybody that right. practiced Tom Brady in fantasy football this season is doing the dance for joy every Sunday. That's for sure. I yeah, ended up picking freaking. I, I had. I, what do you guys think of Peyton Manning and, and Gal? What do you think of? He's my fantasy quarterback in my season long, and I have Cam Newton yeah, too. Yeah, no, and he's what my do fantasy I do? Do quarterback I right now. Uh, uh, well, now here's, here's the funny thing. Are you starting, it's funny Cam? you should ask you that. To... I'm not Wait, starting Cam. Cam. I have Cam. I, well, Cam's gonna buy this week, but I, I, I've been starting Peyton though. I don't know what to do. Do I trade Peyton and roll with Cam? Do I trade Cam and keep Peyton? I kind of don't know what to do there because I have both of them. Wait a minute. What? You bring up something that's very ironic. First of all, my two quarterbacks are Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. Obviously, I had been Andrew Luck, and now I got Peyton Manning starting. Ironically, Michael. Offered a trade of Philip Rivers for Peyton Manning. I turned it down, and Philip Rivers ended up having like a thirty-point game last week. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he did me <laughs> proud. He did me so proud. I, I was, uh, I was so happy that, that you know we didn't we didn't even have that conversation about the trade at all. <laughs> it just so happened. I was playing. I was playing him last week so, too. So. He had Devontae Freeman and Phillip Rivers last week. That's all he needed. That's all he needed last week well, those two players. 
Well, Peyton Manning, if, if you're gonna, if you're thinking about what to do, in my opinion, definitely, well, Cam's on a bye this week, definitely going to get a lot of points from him today, or at least he should because they play the Raiders, and the Raiders' defense isn't the greatest. Their offense is looking a lot better. Their defense isn't the greatest. So Peyton should put some points on the board for you this week. So you should be pretty happy this week. But then going forward, when they come and tackle Green Bay and Kansas City and the Patriots, oh, the Chargers. Yeah, you might want to switch it back. You might want to switch it back. Around that time. Well, I have a strong feeling that he's going to switch back to Cam Newton when Cam Newton comes off his bye week. He's not stuck in the But should he totally drop Peyton now? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, the, see, the thing with Cam no, is, I think goodness. I have a choice think, between Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, though. Yeah, that, that's a good, that's a good problem to have. I feel like no, no matter who not, I go with, it hasn't been a good problem this season to have. <laughs> you know what I figured? You know what I figured out with fantasy too. I had Russell Wilson last year, and I traded Russell Wilson and Mark Ingram with like four games left for Drew Brees. And it was a bad trade, it looked like, for me at the time. Oh, but yeah. Drew Brees ended up killing it, and I won my league. Yeah. So I think it's—I think getting that quarterback in the second half that's lighting it up the last four or five weeks when you're, you know, when you're ready for the playoffs in a season-long format, I think that's really important. Um, I have a feeling, though, with Cam, they're going to start figuring them out on offense because they don't have enough weapons, really. So teams are going to really start to – be able to clamp down on their uh, on their lack at you know receiver and running back, but I mean we'll see what happens. Uh, I, 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 would, I would hate to see what Cam Newton's uh, stats would look like if he still had Kelvin Benjamin. Oh my God! Wow! I know. Wow! He he's doing this without his weapon. Just imagine what would have happened if he had his weapon. Cam Newton, I think Cam Newton's honestly one of the more underrated quarterbacks because even people too. that, yeah, he he makes plays. He you know he he gets first downs. He has he has good energy. Even when he was playing in college, I mean, he always found ways to score and get big first downs. And the moment was never really too big for him. And I think like people don't really appreciate him enough. I don't think you know people look at oh well he had this bad game or he only threw for 150 yards or whatever. But I think but look at guys. I guess I would say with Cam Newton, I would, I want to agree with you, but I can't because literally the way most people think, tier one of an elite quarterback are usually five quarterbacks. Yeah, Cam Newton is only six or seven. He's only six or seven, and I can't say that six or seven best quarterback in the NFL is not being is is being overlooked. If you say that I'm the sixth or the seventh best quarterback in the NFL, I'm not taking that as an insult. Yeah, no, this is definitely well, true. I know there's some, some people don't think he's top five. I'm, uh, excuse me, top ten. Some people don't think he's top ten, and that's a little bit. Uh, that makes me kind of think oh, no. a little bit. Is he? Um, I'm not fantasy, just overall. Is Cam Newton a top ten quarterback? It's a really interesting discussion. I mean, I feel like half half of the people that you ask will say. No doubt, 100%. And the other half are, like, not even close. Like, like you know, what are you smoking kind of thing. So, um, it's, it's it's really interesting on that note. But um, I don't know. I don't know what but you guys is, think about let's that. Let's see. Well, are, are, are the Panthers undefeated this season? Yeah, yep, they are. Ooh, and they're okay. undefeated because of right Panthers. <laughs> because <laughs> of <laughs> I mean, but also, another thing is, 
one of the reasons why they don't put Cam in that upper echelon, sometimes those people that don't put him in the top ten, those are people that are looking at the team that he plays on. Russell Wilson is often, as good as Russell Wilson is, is he's often given an extra up because he plays for the Seahawks. Russell Wilson has a stellar defense. Russell Wilson yep. has a stellar running game. When he had, I guarantee you, if if Cam Newton had the same thing that Russell Wilson has, we're not having a conversation. And so, yeah. just because just because you're you don't have those same things, Cam Newton's just caught behind the eight ball. I mean, literally, Cam Newton when when everybody came in and started looking at Russell Wilson, RG three, Colin Kaepernick, and Andrew Luck. Cam Newton stays consistent. Can we say that about everybody else at the same? No. And that's a really good point. That is a really good point. He was always overlooked, I feel like, when you grouped him with those quarterbacks. Um, I do think I do think there is something, though, about Russell Wilson. I don't know what it is yet, but he has that. Um, I've never seen a guy ever in football that looks so out of control, yet so in control at the same yeah. time. I mean, same time. The yeah. At the, the same time. <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. I will name one sense. quarterback that I hate to, I hate to put, mention Russell Wilson in the same name list as this. But Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson both look out of control and in control at the same time. They do. Both of them. I mean, yeah. neither one of them has an offensive line that's protecting them. So they have to scramble, and then they turn negative three-yard plays into 30-yard plays. But they both do – they both – Russell Wilson is the is probably the closest comparison without having the same level of skills of Aaron Rodgers to Aaron Rodgers. I agree with that. I definitely do. You know, the arm is obviously the biggest difference there, but – I do think, though, just, yeah, the way they play is, is, is very similar, especially in the pocket when they're feeling pressure. They just, you know, Russell Wilson, the amazing thing about him is the angles he takes when he's running. He takes the perfect angle. Every, like, he picks up every inch that he possibly can. I mean, he's not, he's not losing yards. He's not, like, uh, he's not going a little bit too wide when he scrambles. You know, some quarterbacks are a little wild back there. He's very uh-huh. efficient. I, like, he's, he, you know, constantly, you know, Moving straight, and, and that's what I think is, is is unique about him. But um, but yeah, no, I think I think your show is great, and, and you guys all do a great job. And uh, I want to get you guys set up. We have a new feature on U Stadium. We're going to be releasing in, in conjunction with Fantasy. We're going to be offering some daily fantasy games. We're going to have a way for you to create your own feeds and groups. So basically, you can create your own fantasy feed, and um, you can invite whoever you want that feed or make it public. And allow people to oh, go in, awesome. and you and you run that feed. So you'll run the fantasy feed on U Stadium, and you'll be able to have a link that you can send out on Twitter and say, "Hey, join my fantasy feed on U Stadium." And people go in, and you're the controller or the moderator of that feed. You can. Uh, we're going to make it eventually. You can, you know, uh, you know, you know, you can moderate posts yourself, or you can leave it just completely open. But um, you know, we we want to get you all set up on one of those feeds when it comes out. And in conjunction with fantasy, we think we're going to have. To, yeah. Thank you. We appreciate so awesome. that. That's that. That's, that's so going to be fun. Awesome. That is a, we're yeah, because we, we 
Yeah, because we, we, we run, you know, we made the app and we're like, you know, the, the, the feed, the general feed we have now is awesome, but we want to make it more customizable. We, we, we want to give other people the opportunity to have their own feeds. I mean, we love our feed. We love the way it looks and feels and, and operates, and we're like, why don't we allow other people to use this feed for whatever conversations they basically want sending around football? So we're going to come out with something soon that's going to allow you to create your own feed with fantasy. Um, at the same time, it's going to be, you know, hopefully we'll create something that sports fans, especially football fans, will love forever. I mean, we love football. It's, it's number one. I mean, a lot of other sports apps, they have golf and hockey on there. And not to rip on those sports, but I don't care much about golf or hockey or tennis. Um, so, I mean, to have all sports in one app is a little much. So we said, you know, let's just start with football. That's, you know, that's where it's at in this country. And, and let's just stay there and, and guessing and, uh, and make it an app that people actually love. And I appreciate you all, you know, appreciating our app because uh, we, we built it for fans like you guys. I mean, you all are, are, are the type of fans it. that we love, love you know. <laughs> well, that's one of the things. The way you just described us, is the way we like to see ourselves is there's a million football shows on television from Fox Sports 1 to ESPN to CBS Sports and to NFL Network. Those are those who played and the analysts. The way we see ourselves as fans that love to talk about the game and the way I see your app is you all allow the fans to control themselves. They police themselves, they moderate themselves, and the fans get to to feel like they're a part of it instead of just witnessing it. Exactly. Exactly. I mean that's 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 our game right there. We didn't you know, I started doing a blog and a show myself and I said to myself, you know, I wanted to build something where it was just about that passion that is involved in the conversation like we were just having about Cam Newton and Russell Wilson. I mean, that's the essence of football. If that stuff's not happening, nobody cares about football. So let's maximize that. What is Whatever that energy is, whatever that feeling is behind a conversation about quarterbacks, that's the essence of football. So we need to magnetize that so we can, um, you know, have a great product that we love and uh, – and yeah, and, and 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 people like you. And thanks for having me on the show. I just, I, uh, I, 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 I love everything about football. And if you all are ever in New York and you want to come out and uh, catch a Jets game, because that's my team, baby. The Jets three and one. Let's go. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll try to hook you. I'll try to hook you all with tickets. I yeah. I personally have to despise the Jets right now because they have my <laughs> they have my wide receiver on their team. Oh, but they have my wide receiver. Yes. They have my wife. Yeah, he's a man. I mean, um, I'm, I'm, I'm mad at it. I'm mad at the. I'm mad at the Bears. I'm mad at the Jets. But I still drafted Brandon Marshall on my fantasy team. <laughs> so, however, <laughs> mad I am, however mad I am, I still have him on my team. I can be mad, but I still need to win. Well, so I understand. I understand your your love. Uh, because I, I have a feeling you you've been there during the dog days, and while now that they're winning, you get to praise them. Well, I'm going through my dog days right now, and one of the reasons I'm in my dog days is because the Bears don't have a receiver to throw it to right now. So I'm a little bit more mad than usual. I thought Josh Bellamy was the next big. Isn't Josh Bellamy the next big thing in Chicago? Isn't that the word there? 
Who's Josh Bell? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Right, exactly. Can you see how we're like, who? That's why I'm laughing. Who are you we're talking like, about? That's hilarious. No, Josh Bell. Is he like a fifth-string receiver or something? I don't know. Whatever. We have the Bears have gone. The only good thing I can say about the Bears right now, their best and and deepest position is back on defense. Their deepest position is the linebacking core. So yep. much so that they were able to cut and trade players on their on the linebacking core and still not feel like we lost much. Now every other position, not so much depth. But that position <laughs> they're hanging on. They're hanging on. They're, they're hanging that, on because they have Lions issues. They almost, yeah. The, the no. Bears well, are hanging on because they have Lions issues. So, all Sean Jeffrey and and Kevin White are injured, but I have high expectations for all Sean Jeffrey and Kevin White for the future because Brandon Marshall is clearly gone. <laughs> the only good thing about that, I love that Jay Cutler has lost his Linus blanket because he now has to sp- spread the ball around. Because when he had Brandon Marshall, that was the only person he saw on the field. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, curious to see how the Bears end up. I like Fox, and I think that kid McBee is really good. I mean, PFF oh, right yeah. now was that would been the best. That was the best offseason pickup the Bears made. Oh yeah, by far. I mean, it was PFF just ranked him number one actually, and uh, as the best off-season acquisition. So he's doing an awesome job. I haven't seen him play much, so I'm not sure really. I can't tell you that like firsthand, like watching. But based on the stats and stuff, and what people are saying, he looks awesome. So, well, he's 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 clearly been the leader of the, of the team, not because he's quote unquote the best, and he might be, but he's been the leader because. Prior to this year, he was the only one that played in this scheme, this type of scheme. Going from a 3-4 to a 4-3 and vice versa, you have, you have to know the rules. Well, he was the primary person that knew the rules. Him and him and Shea McClellan were the only two people that played in this type of scheme. Shea McClellan um, while he was at Boise State and Pernell McPhee while he was at, in, uh, in Baltimore. So he is ready, and everybody's looking to him and, and when they interview him, he's clearly the leader, the man in charge. Those two know the scheme and know it the best. And just like I said last week, it was obvious. As soon as Vic Fangio was hired as the as the uh, defensive coordinator, we knew Jared Allen wasn't going to last the whole season in a Bears uniform. So I didn't even think that was a good pickup, but that's a whole other story. And I'm a diehard. Uh, that's a whole. Fans, we could spend a yeah, whole so. episode just talking about that. But they were just, at that point in time, they were just trying to replace Julius Peppers. That was all that was about. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 Pernell McPhee was a great pickup. I, I, I'm happy for you that, uh, that you have Brandon Marshall because Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker are making Ryan Fitzpatrick look like a pro bowler. Damn right. <laughs> right where you Well, belong. let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Frank. What were your thoughts um, on Geno Smith's pre-regulation season injury? All right. Did you well, feel like <laughs> I, out of West out of West Virginia? I loved Geno Smith. I was his biggest okay. fan. I thought he should have went number one in the draft to Kansas City. 
playing with, with Andy Reid. That, I mean, I was, I was tweeting about that. So that would have been I a perfect fit. That wasn't a perfect. <laughs> that would have been a great better than Alex. He's better than Alex Smith, in my opinion, if you give him a few years. Um, but the thing with Geno that he didn't that didn't happen with him, and it doesn't happen as a lot of quarterbacks that come to New York is. You need to be a really strong leader here, and if you're not, your coach needs to be. Rex was like that. That's why Rex was able to sort of take all the media attention away from someone like Sanchez and sort of be that leader, that rah-rah guy. When Rex lost that swag in New York, the leadership role had to go to somebody, and Rex wasn't about it anymore. He was getting tired of being this brash, loud guy because the media was putting a microscope on him. So – you give it off to Sanchez. He wasn't able to deal with it. He folded. Then Gino comes in. If Rex was the original Rex, it would have been great with Gino. But then Gino needed to be that guy in the locker room that people, you know, that people embraced and surrounded around and, yeah. and you know, pumped them up. It has to be one or the other. If you look at teams, if the coach isn't doing all the leadership stuff or he's like a hard-ass like, coach that's making things happen, the quarterback needs to be. If he's not, then the team's sort of in a state of flux, and they don't know who's the leader, who's doing what who's pumping the team up, like, you know, so I think with Gino, he wasn't able to fit into that role. His confidence started waffling, and then he started questioning his play. The team didn't really trust him all that much. Rex was out of it, so he just got kind of put in a bad situation. But I think as a gamer overall, I think Gino, um, I think Gino's awesome. I mean, his potential to be awesome. He's not awesome. He had a bad year last year, and uh but he shows flashes. But he you know, does. Like, he does have the potential. Like when he first, when they first told him, "All right, you got to go out there and take over." I saw so many things in Gino that I was like, "Hey, this guy is like really good." Like my expectations are going to change, and then it all just, like you said, it just like imploded from yeah. from Rex on down. So I'm hoping to see Gino get back out there and look really good again. I mean, there's some offense oh, well, weapons he could utilize now. I think the biggest yeah. problem, I think one of the bigger problems is something that the, that the NFL needs to get back to. Um, and it hasn't happened since the, the early 90s and all of the 80s, where the in general, new quarterbacks are being thrown to the Lions right away. And Aaron Rodgers is so great partially because he had to sit behind Brett Favre for so many years. Quarterbacks come in and they're thrown to the Lions right away, and they're never developed. And you just said something about Geno Smith. Even if they're thrown in right away, they have to be developed. One of the better things about Harbaugh, and we talked about him earlier today, is he redeveloped Alex Smith. He developed Colin Kaepernick. When you develop a quarterback, When you develop a quarterback, then you're good. I mean, one of the greatest things about about some of these teams is they have somebody to develop these players because Lovey Smith had had, uh, Jay Cutler, never never was good with him. Lovey Smith now has uh, Jameis Winston. One of the worst things that I think could have happened to Jameis Winston was Lovey Smith. He's not going to be able to develop him. Now, I still believe Jameis Winston is going to be a good QB in spite of Lovey Smith, but uh, it's going to have to be in spite of him. If you ha- when you draft some of these quarterbacks, you have to have a system and a development team to develop these players. Geno Smith is a good quarterback. 
but he does not have the people around him to develop him. I believe that. Todd Bowles, and I, to- I totally agree. That That's such a great point. It's funny because when Mariota was coming into the NFL, I thought he should have sat a few years. I'm like, if you sit this guy for a few years, he's going to be so be good. Better. Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you force the guy in there and he starts playing badly and his talent, his arm, isn't able to overcome his lack in uh, you know, cognitive recognition of the defense, then he starts developing bad habits. And only a guy with a spectacular arm that's like naturally gifted like a luck even physically, they're able to come in, and even if they do waffle a little bit in the recognition aspect, they're able to overcome it with their athleticism and their arm. I thought someone like Mariota, even though he's fast, his arm was a little bit, you know, not that as good as, you, you know, typical second round, uh, second overall picks at quarterback. So I thought he should have sat, and he's proven that maybe that's not the case. He's playing very well, so I think he's doing a really good job in Tennessee. But I think quarterbacks like Geno, they should have sat for two years. I mean, David Garrard uh-huh. is getting hurt and hurting his back for the Jets that offseason. That actually hurt the Jets, I think, with Geno specifically speaking, because he was thrown into the mix. He started developing bad habits as a rookie. And then, you know, you get, you get just a bunch of bad, you know, vibes around him. And the team's not able to trust all that much in him, which you can see from him getting punched in the face. Obviously, the team didn't trust him all that much. He didn't earn that respect yet. So um, what are you going to do? I mean, at the end of the day, I, I do agree exactly with what you're saying. Some guys are able to come in, and but most quarterbacks need a couple years. It's tough for them to develop that fast. Um, but getting back to Brandon Marshall, I will say this. I'm going to go out on the limb and say this. You can put me down for this. You can quote me on this. Brandon Marshall is a top ten wide receiver of all time. He is. When it's all said and done, you look at his numbers, look at how many years he's had over 1,000 yards, what he's done when he's played, what he's doing now. I mean, he's like 9 or 10th all time, seriously, as a receiver. I mean, there's I, not many I, better I, than I've him. I've got to agree with that. And when yeah. it's all said and done, he will be with you. That. The reason why I won't disagree with you, wherever, wherever Brandon Marshall has been, whatever team, be it Denver, Miami, Chicago, New York, Stay consistent. And one of the things that, in addition to that consistency, whatever scheme that he has put in, put in, they put him in, he's adjusted. Now, my favorite receiver of all time, and many people's favorite receiver of all time, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice didn't have to play in a million schemes. And he was just that good. And yeah. he would go routes all day. Brandon Marshall, they have put him in the slot. They have put him outside. They've, they've had I, – I can, you can't count how many offensive coordinators he's had. <laughs> the amount of – He's played arguably with – for his production, he's played with the worst – sorry to cut you off, but he's played with the worst quarterback that you could possibly think of, honestly, considering his production. I mean, he hasn't played with any pro bowlers. I mean, the best quarterback he's played with, I think, was Cutler – those years in Denver, that was it. I mean, besides for that, he really didn't play with anyone. So I'm not disagreeing with you on that one. Jay Cutler's the only pro bowler he's ever played with. Uh, and some people say Jay Cutler was a pro bowler because of Brandon Marshall. I'm not one of them, but some people say that. <laughs> that uh, could be true. I mean, if you look at it now, it might be true. Wow. What they do with the Patrick, maybe yeah, that is true. Yeah, I was going to say, it just might be true. I, I, I was yeah. going to say it is true. I feel the same way. 
<laughs> I mean, uh, Brandon Marshall is is what every offensive coordinator and head coach and every general manager wants when they describe a perfect wide receiver. Indeed, indeed he is. I mean, when you describe a wide receiver, can he jump? Can he run fast? Is he big? Will he go get the ball? Is he smart on the field? And I would literally, if I'm drafting wide receivers today, I would actually draft Brandon Marshall over over Calvin Johnson. Oh wow! I the reason I say the reason I not to cut you off, Mike. But with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we have got to start wrapping up our show. Uh, We would love to thank Frank once again from U Stadium for coming out and spending some time with us and talking football on this glorious NFL day. <laughs> we definitely appreciate your time, sir. Um, yes, we are going to take you up on that when we come to New York to a gift game. You want some good tickets, and you know, I want some of that New York food too. <laughs> well, listen, so you know, get you have a tray of lasagna which, with all your names on it when you come to New York, and uh, <laughs> we can do that. We can definitely do that. Lasagna excellent compilation. I'm going to get you guys a Patrick Beards, too, when you come. So we'll all rock out the uh, Patrick Beards and we'll go to a Jets team, all right? Nice, all right, nice, so, nice, nice. Yes, <laughs> sounds, like, yes. sounds like the Bears need to play the Jets real soon in New York. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Mike, why don't you go ahead and wrap us up? Frank, once again, we appreciate you. It has been such a great, great um, pleasure of ours Thank to have you, you on the Thank show. You so um, Thank you so we much. As, we hope to have you again, you know, um, later on this season. So, you know, see what, we all, what our teams are doing, how the family, fashion leagues are going, especially when you all get that application up and running um, with the uh, fantasy football for the app. I definitely want to get involved with that, and we can talk more about that and get you all pushed out to these lovely fans of ours. And, and everyone, Mike, once you- we, always, we always talk about where to find us, but Frank told it to you guys first. The new place to find us will also be U Stadium and the U Stadium app. That's but right. you can also always find us on TuneIn Radio app, as usual. You can find us on the Apple Podcast app and download the show. You can find us on RSS Radio. But the easiest place for those that, uh, that rarely remember is go to footballfanrushradio.com and then also, the Blog Talk Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash footballfanrushradio. You can also do a search for us on Twitter and Facebook under Football Fan Rush and Football Fan Rush Radio. But we have a new fan and a new uh, friend of the show in Frank and you Stadium, so make sure you check it out. While we talk about the NFC North mostly, you can tell Frank is – uh, a man about town and a man about the NFL, and so is the app. That's Thank you so much, guys. Make sure you download it we'll today before game time. Join in the fandom and the fun. What were you saying, Frank? You guys I'm sorry, rock. Catch you off. All right, you guys rock. I'm going to go and uh, enjoy the rest of your Sundays. You do the same. Good luck today at the fantasy team. Thank you so much. Later. <laughs>